0: Hello and welcome to another Film Flashbacks episode on the Autor Archives podcast. The basic format is, each episode we select a year at random, talk briefly about that year in movies, our least favourites, our top five, along with some honourable mentions and some recommendations. This time around we take a look at the year of 2011, a year in which the epic TV show Game of Thrones airs for the first time, Prince William and Kate Middleton tie the knot at Westminster Abbey. President Obama announces that terrorist Osama Bin Laden has been killed, and News of the World publishes its last ever newspaper after the phone hacking scandal. But it was also a great year for movies. Listen now to hear Max and I share our views on the movies released in 2011. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Welcome back to another Flashbacks episode. How are we doing?
1: I'm very well, mate. Yourself,
0: yeah, I'm not too bad. So, today we're going to talk about the year of 2011, which I'm looking forward to. I think we were chatting offline that for me, it's kind of a half and half. There's a bit of half of them are a bit ter- either terrible or very average, and the other half yeah. are just like solid, solid entries. So, yeah, it's gonna be think- a good one.
1: This is definitely a film. This is definitely a year that, when I was going through, that you, you know you hit the nail on the head there, where it was like, for every golden nugget of a film, there's an absolute shit pile that counteracts it and stuff like that. And it was, it was quite hard to pick out a top five and honourable mentions in this because it there, because there was so many good films. Yeah. Um, but it I was also, I'm sure you were as well, spoiled for choice for films that were just like, nah, yeah. nah, like. But um, but it was, I, it was it was it was quite uh quite like a little bit of an eye open as well some of these films that are ten years old as well it's like oh my god like aging us as well there's
0: some as well that I feel like I'm looking at the list now that I've put of kind of respectable like average-ish scores which I wonder like revisiting now I mean most of these I've only seen on release at so ten years yeah. ago whether worth revisiting them would be you know change my perspective on it but. We'll see We'll see what we get through. But before we get onto that, I thought we'd quickly catch up on our homework where we watched a film each from 1993. Um, so I believe you went and we were discussing whether to either watch Schindler's List or Tombstone. And considering lockdown is depressing enough, I think you made a good choice to kind of put... Put a pin in Schindler's List for now and stick yeah. with Tombstone instead. So,
1: yeah, um, Schindler's List I'm in the pocket for another day in that. But yeah. um, I think that's a film you have to, I say, be in the mood for. it. Obviously, it's quite a sensitive subject, but you just have to kind of, you know, yeah. be in the kind of mood to, you know, well, headspace, di- digest it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, to to really appreciate the um the magnitude of it and all. But um, but yeah. So I watched Tombstone. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I nearly broke podcast protocol and text you once I'm done because I was I absolutely fucking loved it. Yes, I, yes. But, but. Oh no. I was my own. My only but is obviously is <laughs> it, it's, 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 you know it's based on a true story and it's it, you know true events, yeah. but it would have been. Uh, not better but it would have been if they had adapted it almost or you know had a little bit artistic license because um and I'll, I'll be honest I only saw it obviously you know a couple of days ago and the, the characters already escaped me other than the main characters like Wyatt, Wyatt Earp and Doc Holiday and uh, you know the uh Sam Elliott I can't remember his the characters names but... yeah but but the actual cowboys the villains yeah yeah the main leader of the gang, uh, oh God, I, I can't think of his name. Um, that's going to, it's going to, I should I should have made more notes to be fair, but obviously in real life, he died before his right-hand man, mm. who, uh, who is weirdly as well, Carl Reese from uh, the Terminator <laughs> films, which I was like, what? You know, but, he was just—they so, were—they were absolutely brilliant, brilliant villains. Because obviously, like the first—the first scene in the film, they interrupt a wedding and they end up killing—you know—pretty much everyone in this village. You know, they kill the groom, they torture the bride. It just sets it on a tone straight away where it's like these guys are awful, yeah. Yeah, and it's just—it's just such a brilliant, brilliant, you know. Uh, you know, Western and the setup of you know they, they roll into town, they they start doing good things, and obviously the cowboys come in and they start mm-hmm. you know messing up things, and it's just it was I just loved it, I just absolutely loved it, and it was it wasn't your typical Western as well, where I think you made the point of it in the fact that like you don't have like the 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 sweeping shots of the of the duels and the you mm. know that kind of thing. It was a it was definitely a Hollywood. Western.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent,
1: but. Uh, I fell in love with Val Kilmer in that film. I like, told
0: you it's career defining role for him.
1: Him as Doc Holliday is one of the greatest, like, uh, right hand man sort of like just it, it's just he is the perfect formula for that kind of supporting cast member that just needs to have that sort of little bit, you know. Yep. The, Wyatt Earp, you know Kurt Russell. He he's a good guy. He's the you know he's he is the like, that I
0: but see it like they're they're the Avengers, right? Yeah. Wyatt Urp is Captain America.
1: Doc, Doc Holliday is,
0: is Tony Stark. Yeah, like oh, massive, that's baby. the chemistry they yeah. have.
1: But it's just yeah, it's just absolutely brilliant. It's just um, I I I need to watch it again. I ha- I have to watch it again. I wanted to kind of give it time to you know to settle in that, but. I absolutely loved it and I will will definitely watch it again. And it was, um, yeah, it's quite a diverse cast as well. And you said about Charlton Heston in it. So he's, I don't know if you remember, at the end when they are pursuing the remaining Cowboys, he's the owner of the ranch that they stay in when Doc Holliday is like on his last legs. Right, okay. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, there's like Billy Bob Thornton. uh, Billy Zane, I think. Yeah, Billy Zane, you know, who plays the the well-to-do actor in it as well and just, yeah just absolutely loved it and because of that as you know i've started on a conquest to finally complete red dead redemption 2 so so that
0: that was worth it just for that to to finally complete that fucking game i was like i
1: was like i love tombstone i to gonna go play some i think i think tombstone's
0: it i think tombstone's either in it or they've they riff off it it. like yeah but i'm so glad you it. talking about it's it's made me want to watch it again i I have it somewhere. i'm definitely gonna gonna watch it again
1: But um, but yeah, just I think you know Kurt Russell, he was brilliant as Wyatt Earp, um, you know uh, retired at, retired lawman who just wants to do good and ends up getting dragged back into you know the yeah. the, the sheriff and marshal game and stuff like that and just yeah it's like brilliant. I said Val Kilmer absolutely loved him just which is and that's the thing that kills me is that two three years later he plays Bruce Wayne and I've said before he just cardboard grey boring Bruce yeah. Wayne and you've got this. Larger than life, charismatic Doc Holiday. But
0: yeah, oh, absolutely loved completely it. Completely different. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Um, so for me, I went a bit of a different type of film. I went and watched uh, Adam's Adam's Family Values. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes.
1: Um,
0: which I will say was okay. Um, okay I think okay. I think it's one of them films as well that I needed to have watched it at the time as a kid to appreciate it more. As I was watching it, I don't get me wrong. I still laughed. the The bald eagle star, the bald eagle bit was. In fact, the whole bit of the camp with the over yeah. the top, like leaders of the camp, yeah. forcing them to watch like I think The Sound of Music, yeah, the, and uh, Annie, and yeah. yeah, all these other films as punishment, and <laughs> and Wednesday's just like has no expression or they <laughs> slowly like. But I thought. Um, Joan Cusack was really good, actually, mm. as the kind of the femme fatale that's trying to
1: just absolute psycho nanny. Yeah, he's just yeah. trying to
0: do over Festa. Yeah, but I, I just love um, uh, Christopher Lloyd as uh, as Fester. Oh, Yeah, he's, he's just so great. animated
1: and like he just doesn't seem real. It's like a comic no. book. And that's and that's why I said before I love those films because that whole cast is just perfect in the roles that they play as well just you know they absolutely everybody just fits to a T in that but um but no, i'm bad i'm glad you thought it was okay because it is a it is a it is a pretty decent film yeah don't get me
0: wrong it's it's a good it was a good sort of late afternoon like early evening viewing yeah um yeah it's absolutely fine it was good fair i enjoyed enough. it fair enough uh, right, so over to 2011 then, so as always we'll quickly get the the chaff out of the way, um, get the terrible films out of the way, um, so I don't know if you want to go first or I want to go first uh,
1: You can go first
0: Okay, right, so I've kind of broken the rules and done four Okay um, Which I won't talk too much on but i'll just get okay. him out of the way yeah so the first one is i've got his bad teacher which i don't know why I've watched yeah, no, no, I've watched it. i watched this with cameron diaz
1: i can't stand her.
0: <laughs> don't know why i watched it she... I, i'm gonna blame my wife i feel like my wife mm. made me watch it
1: i think both of us have said this before she was our first crush <laughs> as a kid because of the mask yeah and then after that she just became as annoying as fuck and just yeah yeah no
0: yeah, I feel like it's an aliens abducted her, and it's not the <laughs> real Cameron Diaz anymore.
1: Um,
0: because yeah, this was—I mean, I don't really remember it. I just know I've rated this very low, mm. and just being like, another reason why I like, said, "Cameron Diaz post mask is just yeah. not not the one." Um, the other one I've got—I went to, to I don't know why I watched this as well. The Human Centipede two—that's oh, okay. just—it's just like disgusting like, why? Who has ever decided to make that? Human Centipede, the first one was kind of, you know, it had a buzz bit, because bit, it was, you know, it's the new sick film in to watch. Well, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, whereas this is just disgusting, like, yeah. genuinely disgusting. One of the lowest rated films I've ever rated on Letterboxd as well for yeah. good reason. Um, one that I think I put down as more of a disappointment um, because I love Greek mythology and it's the Immortals, or Immortals, just on its own.
1: That have
0: Mickey Rourke in it. Yeah, it had Mickey Rourke yeah. and um, Henry Cavill plays These yeah. He's the main guy, and I love anything Greek mythology. I remember seeing it since in the cinema I just didn't get into Planning it. I remember it, it being quite slow, mm. but again, that was ten years ago. Maybe a part of me wants to revisit because I love the I love the mythology piece. Um, but yeah, I just remember it being really, really disappointing. Um, and my last one. Is a film, a film I want you to watch because it's wrestling related. Okay. And it's called Monster Brawl. Have you heard? I've
1: got. Of... We, yeah, we I've got it. Oh good. We talked about it before. With which, witch bitch and Swap <laughs> thing? I, I thought. I thought. I wasn't yeah, sure if you'd seen that. Yeah, it or not. me. Me and you bought it. I'm pretty sure <laughs> we bought it within 24 hours of each other from CEX because it was like <laughs> dirt cheap. But yeah, because it's got like Kevin Nash. Uh, yeah, like uh, a security um, guard, isn't it? Yeah, Is Jimmy a... Hart. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Herb, you got Witch... Herb Dean, the yeah. the
0: ref from UFC. Oh,
1: you, got, you got Witch Bitch, Swamp Thing, Dracula. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's basically a Royal Rumble of matches yeah. with legendary
1: horror. monsters from Monster horror. Monsters, it's yeah. just
0: ridiculous, but good ridiculous. Yeah, won um... a lot of
1: Oscars. If I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait no, he didn't. Best actor. This is
0: for swamp bitch. <laughs> swamp What is it witch bitch and swamp girl or something? It, like yeah. Jesus, who, who wrote this stuff? <laughs> but yeah, I thought I'd have to uh throw it in because I think wrestling. I've still
1: got it. I've still got it somewhere. I might I might have a little gander It's it. the
0: disc is framed on your <laughs>
1: so, signed by witch bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah
0: they're my terrible four what have you got as your weaker ones uh
1: so my first one is green lantern so ryan reynolds uh dc comic book movie uh it just fell flat i think that i think dc you know i haven't watched the snyder cut yet justice league i've not got four hours to spare at the minute to sit and watch that but i just you know they were hot off the heels of the Dark Knight trilogy, you know, and it just, they just went in such an odd direction with their f- films. And they could have, they could have picked up the pace and, you know, had a real competition with um, Marvel and built their universe. Mm. And they just, they just pulled crap after crap out. And this one was just one of them. It was It was Green Lantern, a character we've not seen on screen much. And they finally brought it to the big screen. It was just a big old dud of a, of a film. So yeah, pretty disappointed with that. um, The Adjustment Bureau not seeing it. See, I hate films where the tagline, or the like, not the tagline, but the promotion is, uh, they'll use one of your favorite films as a comparison, and then it's shit because you're like, okay, <laughs> did we watch the same film? Because they were saying, oh, this is like the new Inception, and it was terrible. It was, it's Matt Damon and Emily Blunt. Um, they've got this basically these uh this they call them the Adjustment Bureau, shockingly enough, <laughs> who can travel between places and. You know, uh, just it's it's so convoluted and just not that interesting enough. Like, you know, like I said, it, they compared it to Inception, but it just wasn't that interesting at all. And I just, yeah, fill on like its arse, not very interesting. Um, the last one is Unknown, which yeah. uh, Liam Neeson in his, you know, copy and paste... <laughs> Man on a mission now, which has become so boring. He, he you know, he struck goal with Taken, and they've just done it in so many pissing scenarios now. Um, but he's a guy who loses his memory and just can't remember anything that's happened to him, how he ended up in a what day car. is it? Yeah, what day is it? Who am I? You know, uh, and just basically trying to find out who he was and why he was ended up in a car drowning in the river in geneva i think it is yeah But get it like it was just it was just yeah it was taken with amnesia and it was like yeah nah next yeah next please
0: yeah it's, it's just like you said he's just been typecast as this drunk massively like usually like a, a drunk ex-cop that gets put yeah. in a situation and
1: yeah. it's like yeah boring. My, i went around my parents a few weeks ago and they were watching flight plan i think it's cool
0: that's is that jodie foster one
1: no, oh, maybe it's not a Flight Planets.
0: There is one he does in, in a plane where he's yeah, like an was... air police or something.
1: Yeah, and that was exactly the same. Oh, it non-stop. Was like... It's non-stop. It, it's non-stop, which is funny. It's called non-stop because it felt like it was a non-stop film because it just seemed to go on fucking ever. <laughs> but nah, it was um same thing. It's just, yeah, taken in the air. and uh, but, um, but nah. Yeah. sorry, so- sorry Liam. Yeah, just he,
0: he's so much better as well. He can do so much yeah. better, so I don't know why. He's just cashing it in, I suppose. Right, okay. All right, now we've got the crap ones out of the way. Let's go on to our top fives, and then we'll mm-hmm. do our honourable mentions afterwards. So, uh, I don't know who started last time. Do you want me to start this time?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so, my top five, I, my number five, I, I took out in and out of my number five spot for a while but i i i realize i quite i keep putting bleak movies in my top five <laughs> so i was trying to like not put so much bleak in here okay. um, so i've gone for a no it's not bleak it's i've gone for a a solid choice i think and i'm hoping okay. it may even be in your top five but we'll see okay so my number five is rise of the planet of the apes okay okay because I love the original Planet of the Apes. I have never seen any of the sequels from the original. So I think there's like five, but I've only ever seen the, you know, you mentioned Charlton Heston, the Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes um, from way, way back. I remember watching the the original, bought it on DVD, and I, even though, you know, it's, you know, I love all the Godzilla films of Man in suits, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you know, it's a person in a, Monkey outfit, and but that. It's just... what. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> the thing is, it's one of the things as well where it's like I've seen the Simpsons parody more yeah, than I've oh, ever don't. seen. The, the si-
1: Simpsons parodies of stuff just ru- like <laughs> they elevate it beyond like just how funny I it know. is, but it does ruin it as well. To like yeah,
0: even the twist where, of the original, it's like
1: <laughs> this is
0: supposed to be a really serious moment. It's like I just can't hit. Hear...
1: <laughs> I hate <laughs> every too much. <chimpanzee. laughs>
0: it just kills it, but that being said, <laughs> yeah I love the original. I remember just sat and watched it all completely and just loved it. I love that era of sci-fi and I think it's one of the better endings if you can ignore the Simpsons. Um, better sort of twists in cinema history, I think. Um, so I was kind of nervous when they were going to revisit this for a, like a modern setting um but yeah i think this is absolutely brilliant and obviously starts a trilogy which is a brilliant trilogy yeah. as well um obviously, obviously starts one. yeah have you not oh you mm. need to you need to know i know you other should two probably well. go and watch this th- i would i really want to go and watch the trilogy again just back mm. to back um but the first is such a great start it does start you know, obviously each one builds up and builds up as the the war um gets more serious and you know earth gets taken over um but the first one's great first step into that story of how the apes begin to take over and you've got the kind of james francos in there um as a kind of the main i guess human character and you've got caesar which is essentially the the main character really as the central ape in the story um and it just builds up to that Crescendo. Have you? You've seen you've seen this one though, haven't you?
1: I've seen the first two. Yeah, yeah. I love. I love. Yeah, I'm a big big fan of them. I, I you Good. know it was very. It's very rare that you see you know, and we're in the, We've talked about this before. We are at that age now where we're seeing sequels and prequels and remakes of stuff that we probably loved as a yeah. kid. And I think it's very rare that you'll see a film where they're like, "Do you love this film? Cool. Well, we're going to do a prequel and explain how yeah, we got there." Yeah. It's like, I don't need to see that. But this that's, hits that's it on the why head I was- of like.
0: That's why I was nervous for this, because like exactly what you've said, anytime they do a prequel of a well-established franchise, I guess, um, it's like, are you just doing it for a cash cow? But this felt like there was real passion Mm -hmm. behind it. There's a lot of references to the original as well. Like they even have the Damn Dirty Ape phrase in here. Um, They've got some of the characters. I think most of the characters are in this as well. Um, Obviously the graphics are much improved they're not men in suits they are cgi you've got um oh Blimey, what's andy the, circus that's the one yeah, yeah. It, you knew what i was talking about uh, andy circus doing all of the the actions and he just Look, pulls it off so he's just, well
1: he's just the king of motion capture though isn't he is he he's, just, he's yeah. just
0: he can just do anything with it hmm. um and i just remember the standout scene where caesar finally says no and like stands up to humanity that that kind mm. of it was very much in the cinema, like silence, like fuck, like mm. that's such a big moment, that is the tipping point of the war essentially, of the apes turning on humanity and yeah
1: The, the, the self-awareness
0: Exactly, and just like mm. taking charge and like, it just I just thought, like, this is how you, this is how you take a, a an old franchise from, or you know, the original from the 60s and just bring it into the modern mm. world and do it justice so yeah, I, I think it's a great. And I'm just talking about it again. I want to go and watch the three films again because they are, as I know, don't get me wrong, there are better trilogies out there, but this is a very strong trilogy for me. Mm-hmm. And it could have gone really bad and just gone into like ridiculous self-parody Simpsons territory. But um, it doesn't. And it's a, it's a really underrated trilogy, I think.
1: I think it's good as well. I, like, I liked it because it was one of those things where, it like I said, it you know it was a it was a worthy prequel, but it kind of it gave the apes more depth because it was like yep. yes they overtook the world, but their the hand was kind of forced like mm. that you know they're used as tools for experiments and you know for because he's trying to come up with a drug for um, Alzheimer's uh, Alzheimer's that's it because is it is Dad John Lithgow that's it yeah uh, yeah yeah I think it is his dad yeah yeah. Yeah, he's trying to obviously, you know, find a drug and, you know, but he's, he's got family members who have got the, um, you know, the disease and ultimately trying to cure it. And, you know, they use the, the chimps as, uh, you know, as I said, you know, test subjects and they keep them in, uh, you know, keep them host- not in prison, but, you know, they keep them imprisoned for these tests and stuff like that. And they're treated poorly and stuff like that. And you, you know, it's that whole thing of you can't treat a creature in that manner and then ultimately give it super, human brain ability and not expect it to kind of you know fight back yeah exactly so it's one of those things where it kind of you know the apes took over but only because we kind of gave them the abilities and the the you know the mental capacity and the you know the drive to do it as well it's the whole like um, playing
0: god piece as well isn't it like this is kind of messing with mother nature this is kind of what you get it's the fighting back but yeah i think um, i also remember i'm pretty sure it's this the the credit scene where it kind of shows uh, yes, the, the kind the of spread. I, the spread kind of yes. awkwardly like coronavirus yeah. um of how this like tra- uh, during the credits a very like somber ending where it's like this yeah. is the start of it and obviously leads into the sequel and the third Cause his, as
1: well because his neighbor who is a pilot starts coughing up blood doesn't he just before he leaves for a trip and then it follows him as he goes from country to country yeah, to country that's it. and very, you kind yeah. of see
0: the spread as the as yeah. the film is like winding down it's like wow it's okay quite,
1: it's quite clever it, it, it is quite a clever you know kind of little teaser as to like this is where we're going yeah that's exactly what's you know the apes are the, the virus has taken over the apes are um gonna be uh be taken over sooner than that yeah no good choice
0: so yeah that's my number five what have you got
1: Dana? so that's that's not in my top five but it is in my honorable mentions so as i said i've got a lot of honorable mentions so i'll swap that out Another one. Uh, my number five. So I'm not going to lie, and I, pro- I apologize to everybody in advance. I've got a lot of films I- in this top five that have um, the names that I will butcher. So I uh, completely apologize in, in in advance. Jack, you might have to do like a sort of most emotic- like thing of like, I love the film starring, like <laughs> just <laughs> covering them up and dubbing it over over the top. So nice. apologies, apologies in advance, but. Uh, my number five film uh, from 2011 is The Artist.
0: Nice, good choice.
1: Uh, I funny uh, funny story. I wanted to go see this. I went to I took my mum to see it for uh, I think it was Mother's Day, and the when we were buying tickets, the guy behind the counter at Cineworld said, um, "Just to let you know, are you aware that this is a silent black and white film?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, why? It's yeah, like, tra- oh,
0: trailers gosh. exist
1: yeah it's like oh it's just that we've had we've been told by head office to tell people because the number, number of complaints <laughs> they're getting from people and it's just one of those moments you just think oh god just let the apes take over you know just, <laughs> we, we, we don't deserve this planet but so but, but anyway so uh yeah the artist so uh and apologies in advance uh jim judin uh, sure. yeah plays a silent movie star in the late 1920s uh, who you know he's, he's a big star of the, uh, the silent movies uh, that were made popular back in the 20s he meets a young actress who he ultimately helps put her in, in the spotlight and get her you know her name out there um, and she ultimately becomes more popular than him um, and this is at the like, set in the late 1920s when silent films are kind of uh, m- moving out and they're moving towards what they call at the time the talkies so obviously films with sound and you know it's a case that you know the studios decide actually you know what this is becoming the more popular type of filmmaking people are you know they're drawing away from the silent movies and ultimately he as an actor doesn't really have that stage anymore because he you know that's what's dear to his heart that's what his preferred platform of movie making is and you know it's a it it's it's a film about you know dealing with you know uh, life-changing things people who you know clinging on to the glory days of stuff which you know we're getting to the age where we're doing that on a daily basis clinging on to things uh you know dealing with depression and then ultimately trying to embrace that change for the better and ultimately you know moving into what is this you know what the future is essentially and adapting one's character to be able to do that and it is it's brilliantly made because it is made as a as a silent film it's you know for a film about A a silent film era who's coming to an end. To be a silent film is just brilliant, and it's you know it's done in that very you know that kind of um, that sweet and comedic golden era of you know of of filmmaking as well, and it really does have that kind of nostalgic feel behind it in the whole filmmaking process. Um, And you know, you know, it has it has a nice ending. Ultimately, you know, he. He changes as a person. He appreciates what, um, what is happening to the industry he loves, and you know they want, you know, he has to change what he's what he's been on famous for for so long is is no longer a thing, and ultimately he has to move on. Um, but yeah, it's just it was just it's such a like I said it was such a rarity of a movie to to and such a such a gamble as well, like a a well played gamble as well by the studios to make a black and white film that ultimately won best picture. I think it's the first Mm. black and white film to uh, win Best Picture since Schindler's List in 93.
0: Yeah, that probably sounds about right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and And, funny enough, the last episode we did as well, 93. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, funny. Yeah, there you go. Good tie-in. But yeah, and it's just, you know, it must have been such a gamble by the the studio to make, you know, that film when it had, you know, a relatively unknown cast as well, other than a couple of uh, well-known names like Malcolm McDowell and John Goodman. But overall, you know, Jardine is wasn't you know that well known now. Obviously, we've seen him in it um, was a Wolf of Wall Street. He was in the oh god uh, the the film with George Clooney. I can't think what's called it. It's where the the art the soldiers that go around Germany saving pieces of art.
0: Oh uh, monuments, uh, man.
1: That's it. Yeah, he was brilliant in that. So he has become a you know a, a more well known name you know to yeah. us, but yeah. at the time not so much. Um, but no, I just I just remember kind of going to this film, being excited about it because, like I said, it was something completely different from what I'm you know used to watching, and just absolutely loving it. You know, being, like I said, being sat for in silence for an hour and a half, two hours, you know, enjoying what ultimately would have been exactly the same cinema experience as people would have had yeah. nearly yeah. hundred years ago. And it's you know to be able to do that again in this modern age it was just absolutely fantastic. And I thought you know absolutely brilliant overall film and um yeah a, a lovely you know quite a quite a heart-wrenching story at times but overall mm. a very you know nice sweet lovely film at the, at the crux of it
0: it's um it's in my honourable mentions as well it's not my top five it's I think as well it's for me it was it's a it's a film I've only ever seen once and I remember mm. enjoying exactly for the same reasons it's something different I I do like silent cinema as well. I've seen a few, silent, you know, Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton films, Nosferatu. So I do kind of like the, uh, I guess you could call it a genre of movies, the silent cinema. Mm. Um, and it kind of nice to do a homage to all of those films or that yeah, era. absolutely. Um, with kind of... I was going to say a modern twist, but obviously a modern filming technology yeah. y- using... A, Without losing two- that twist.
1: charm as well, though.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one I'd like to to go back to, I think, because I wonder if that still holds up as, you know, or is it... Or Because a part of me was like, is this just Oscar bait? It's like, are they just doing this, to, you know, because it's going to nab the Oscar, because this is the yeah. film that hasn't done, you know. But that's what I was like before, but seeing it, it is, it's a great film so yeah no it's uh that's a good shout fair play right so my number four is the raid have you seen the raid
1: my number four is the raid yeah let's do it
0: (laughs) right the raid is absolutely mental I, I, think lo- I think
1: that's an understatement
0: Yeah yeah. I mean I, I, I wish I could tell you when Or where I saw it I don't think I saw it at the cinema I don't I think it's one of those ones That got a word of mouth After it's release, yeah. and, Or I don't even think It got a big release Over here um, I think it was one of those ones where It's like You know Like friends were saying You need to see the raid um, And just got. I think,
1: a, I think you might have lent me it
0: Possibly I've now got the Blu-ray yeah. Of one and two together mm. And it's just, I guess the best, well, I should think of the plot, but essentially it's um, they're in a tower block that's owned by well, like slums, aren't they? And they're owned by a gangster. and the, the police force are going in there to try and like, break in and take it take mm-hmm. it down basically. And they just go floor by floor, level by level, door by door, just shooting, killing, fighting, every single gangster that is in that um in that building and it's just I could honestly say it's one of the best action films from the last 10 10 years 10 20 years
1: it um, doesn't it doesn't take its foot off the gas not for very bit. long like there'll be bits where there'll be bits obviously where you know there's dialogue and there's uh you know there's there's substance to it but when the action kicks in my god does it kick in like it just <laughs> And it's—I—I think the thing about it, for me, when I watched it, was the fact that, like, no, there's no end to the stretch of imagination as to what they could do as well. It's just mad, absolute madness, just what they come up with from a combat point of view, from a fighting style point of view, from a violence point of view. It's just, yeah,
0: yeah. It's—it still kind of blows my mind that the director is Welsh as well, (laughs) which is mad um it's not it's not mad i guess it's in the sense that after i'd seen it i was like oh i assume it's uh it's, it's a, an
1: indonesian film isn't yeah, it yeah i assume it's yeah. an
0: indonesian director and yeah. it turns out he's welsh and he's got he's done a few films now he's done apostle which i haven't seen he's done raid 2 and he's done vhs 2 which i i don't like mm. um but anyway yeah, I, I, I've i always been intrigued to see what else he can do. I'd love to see Raid 3. I would love to see it. How how they would do it, I don't know. But I would love to see it because I love, I mean, well, let's, let's quickly talk about, have you seen Raid 2? I think we might have seen this together.
1: Right, so I was thinking about this. When I was looking through the list, I was thinking... I didn't I couldn't remember there was a raid too but there's a part of me that remembers seeing it and I think we did see it together mm-hmm. but I genuinely can't remember a single thing about it yeah it's I, not I think
0: I yeah. they replace the you know non-stop action by trying yeah. to introduce a storyline and there's a bit the pace is a bit slower and it's a mm. bit more um, you know there's a lot there's better shots I say I'd say it's well mm. it's better uh, cinematography but that isn't why i'm here like i want to see non-stop action yeah. it's crazy shit that i've never seen before and it doesn't quite hold up it's a good it's not bad it's just not as it's not in line with the first one pace wise
1: second, second album syndrome
0: yeah definitely yeah. but going back going back to the raid is like you said just absolutely non-stop and the bit for me that i can or i will never forget that stands out is there's that one scene where I was gonna say they're in the corridor, but that's pretty much spent the whole film in <laughs> yeah, corridors. Yeah. Um he smashes, I can't remember how, but I think he gets the main protagonist gets pushed and uh, through a door and it crashes open. But the bottom of the door is kind of like
1: yeah. cut off, so it's like yeah. sharp
0: wood sticking on the floor upwards, and they fight, and eventually he like pulls the guy's head backwards and just slams his neck yeah. into the into the spiky wood of the door, like exposed door, and it's just so, just because it's like, up to that point, it's like, fuck, that is how you end a fight scene, like, Jesus. Um,
1: The the funny thing about this film, I don't know if you remember, shortly after this came out, I think it's the year after, they released Dread. Yes. Yeah. With Carl Urban, which was pretty much exactly the same plot line, but, Uh, looking into it so dread started production before the raid Uh, okay but was released much later and apparently it genuinely is one of those just completely coincidental thing where it's just like we've got the same story we've got literally the same story we've got a crime lord living on the top floor Mm -hmm. living in an apartment building where everybody will protect me because i look after them yeah. Come up to the top if you can. And it was just it was just mad to be like, oh, that's The Raid. That's- <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was there. It was <laughs> yeah. like the following year. Yeah. It's like, it's oh, just, it yeah. Just
0: copied The Raid.
1: But it was... Um, but yeah, I think, I think you know, you, you hit the nail on the head the fact that it was one of those word-of-mouth films where it's just like, you have to see this film. Just like, just yeah. how mad it was. And yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's one of those kind of like video games come to life where it's like mm. every level has a different boss. Every level has... A bo- an end of the level boss that has a different skill and you know it could be this giant henchman who will crush you or it be this like silent assassin who can take out two people at once whatever it might be like everybody's got a different style of fighting whatever it might be and yeah, that, yeah. you know what the ne- what the next challenge is and it was just yeah i just I, I love those kind of action films where it doesn't it's like you said i don't i, I didn't come here for the story I didn't come yeah. here to find out about the characters. Give me the basics. Give me his first name. Give me, you know, give me a couple of his interests. Why he's here, what he's doing, <laughs> and then get the get out of the way and just let me see some absolute carnage. Yeah, like, that's yeah, that's all. That's it's all really
0: that. tense as well. That like, there's a there's a bit. I don't know if you remember where there's like the bit of the
1: corridor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <A> corridor B. <laughs> yeah. Um, ah, yes.
0: There's a bit where there's like there's like a henchman and he carries a machete around with him. Yeah, yeah, and like, the main protagonist, I can't remember his name, but then, again, uh, you're not there for the name, right? Yeah. Um. He's, like, hiding behind, like, some drywall. He's, like, hiding behind in, in someone's apartment to,
1: yeah.
0: you know, get a break from the, the chaos. And he feels like this guy's rooting around the henchman with his machete and he's, like, hmm, he could be behind the drywall. And he's like, stabbing the drywall and he's, like, dodging it and, like, I think it cuts his cheek and it's, like, geez, it's, like, so tense as well. But, um, yeah it just doesn't let up i think it's like what an hour and 40 minutes yeah. relatively short film but they need to be i think those films you can't have it too long with that pace i know just tire you out yeah. um but yeah it's just brilliant absolutely brilliant and i really wish they would do a raid three and kind of go back to the formula of the first one yeah maybe not <laughs> maybe not like a, a just have an underground tower, so going down <laughs> levels instead of up.
1: Hey, you joke. You could do it. They've done. have yeah, done, done above ground. They've done same level. Go underground. Yeah. Go. Or underground.
0: under the sea.
1: Under the sea. <laughs> Just change it all altogether. But... The sea raid.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was, uh, I guess, our our joint number four, which nice. is. Oh, I'm glad you've got it in your top five as well. Okay, so, <laughs> I guess back to me for my number three now. My top three were, well, my number one was Untouchable. Pretty, pretty guaranteed that you know what my number one is. I but, think this yeah. but my number three and number two were a toss-up, really. But my number three I've picked is Warrior. Okay. Now, I remember arguing with my wife as to what to see. Either see. I wanted to see Warrior, and she wanted to see another film on this list, which you can probably guess what it is. Um... Um, So I didn't initially see this first or the other film and then I saw Warrior with a friend uh, um, at the cinema and I kind of went in thinking yeah, this is just going to be kind of a generic lads 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 UFC film that doesn't really emotionally grab you but boy was i wrong i got completely caught up in this film Mm. you know having a brother as well like two brothers fighting against each other like a straight well i'm not estranged with my brother there's no that's where the similarities disappear Um, (laughs) so uh they're kind of estranged one uh is tom hardy who's uh goes went off into the military and another uh the other brother is very much more, I guess, traditional upbringing. Has a family. Um, I think he's a teacher, um, and kind yeah, of had Joel,
1: um,
0: Joel Edgerton.
1: That's it. Yeah.
0: Um, so they've, you know, they're both brought up in the same family, but have gone completely two different directions. Um, and the 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 father of the family um, being Nick Nolte, which for me may be. I mean, I haven't seen every film he's ever done, but possibly my favorite uh, performance he's ever done, where he's kind of starts off as this recovering alcoholic who you kind of get this understanding from their childhood he wasn't the best father and would perhaps Mm. beat them, or there was domestic violence in the household. There's not much mention of the mother in this. And I think they have a lot, there's a lot of built up tension between the brothers, specifically Tom Hardy's character who kind of resents him um and begrudgingly asks him uh to be his like trainer as well because he trained them Mm. as kids so they both had this background of martial arts background um and they enter this tournament so both brothers and there's also i think it's based on a true story which is even even better i think um so they enter this martial arts tournament and it's kind of the traditional you know where it's going to go that they eventually meet in the final so there is that element of predictability but again i i just i think why i love it is that i just it it, it took me uh, well it, it didn't meet my expectation i thought it was just going to be an average you know kind of fight film but there's so much more like the performances as well like i said nick nolte's drunken performance where eventually gets to a point where he turns back to drink and Tom Hardy up till this point is a very strong character. Doesn't really give any emotions away. And there's this scene where, um, he basically has, is winding up Nick Nolte and he's kind of saying he's a joke and he's washed up and all this stuff. Mm. Nick Nolte goes off to his Las Vegas hotel room and just gets absolutely wrecked whilst listening to, I think it's a cassette of Moby Dick. And he's just like so aggressively like talking through the story, uh, to tom hardy's character but doesn't see tom hardy he just sees a person and he's just so and nick nolte i think has also had this alcoholic background so Mm. it's just so realistic and that is the first point in the film where tom hardy as a character as his character you see fear in his eyes you see sympathy you see pity you see love as well where he's actually like embraces him on the bed and is like Mm. you know takes you know kind of sees where he's coming from and sees what he's putting through and kind of changes his perspective on him um and it all culminates into their fight scene where they are fighting one another and they're kind of neither neither of them wants to give up and they have this great sort of climax um and this is just a great scene when the fight's over where they both walk off to the locker room together arm in arm and like embrace each other as brothers again and it's just this happy ending. You've got this great moment where Nick Nolte, as well, just like watches his two sons walk off and just smiles and he's kind of like, I guess, After proud of himself.
1: Shit out of each other.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my boy. Cut, cut to them like just pulling each other's hair. Um, but no, it's just really like great to see where he just looks back and he's like smiling as if like he's kind of proud of himself. I think to kind of he's he got his two sons like you know arm in arm again and. Kind yeah. of things are slightly resolved so there is much more than in this than i thought rather than just men punching each other in the face so and kurt angle and kurt angle who has C- kuba kuba the russian
1: <laughs> uh, the most which, again, american hero in the world playing a russian yeah,
0: it's just so jarring but just again it was like i think that's another cherry on the top isn't it when it's like one of your favourite wrestlers just appears oh, in mate. a film that you're watching. There's, like, no, huh? there's
1: nothing great that a film that you're already invested in and loving, then a, a wrestler turns up. he's like, here we go, this is... And he's quite go. good, Give like, obviously he has a wrestling Oscars.
0: background, so he looks natural in the role, yeah. but I love... They kind of build him up as this, like, undefeated Russian, kind of like Drago. Like Drago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of, of Rocky Four. Um and he does come across quite, quite menacing, you know, his stature. He's, especially mm. later in his career, he's, he's a bit of a beast. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, yeah, I've, I've kind of said what I wanted to say. I think really, but it just took me by surprise of how much I really enjoyed it and was how much emotionally invested I was by the end. I think.
1: Mm. No, that's good. I, I, I. I enjoyed this film it's not in my honorable mentions not in my top five but i did enjoy this and i i'm in the same breath as you as i thought it was going to be like did you ever see the film never back down no but that's this is what i thought this was yeah gonna be. so i thought it was gonna be like that where it's like i'm gonna be the toughest fighter in the world and i have got to be this guy who's the cool guy who's and it's just like uh, like you said just a ufc wank fest of you know ultimate fighters <laughs> and it wasn't it was brilliant it was like raw it was like there's actual story behind these people they've got their reasons why they're fighting they're not just like I'm the better fighter it's like yeah you're fighting for a reason though like like you Mm. said Tom Hardy's character is fighting to you know because he doesn't know any other way other than violence and kind of you know almost it's almost like it's almost like self-inflicted violence as well that he you know he he hates his life and he's doing it to just feel something Mm. and you've got Joe Edgerton who wants to support his family he's not making a lot of money he's got this opportunity to give his family a better life and it's it gives a bit of depth to it, rather than just you know blunt instruments whacking each other and stuff like that. Yeah, but, um, yeah. but no, it's all yeah, there's
0: the there's much more like as the film progresses, you find out their background, especially Tom Hardy, yeah. where there's this whole thing about he run away from battle and whether that's true, and like there's a myth around him like ripping the door of a tank and stuff like that, and it turns out that he's entered the tournament as well to because one of his, um, if oh, I'm that's remembering this his... right, one of his comrades was. Died in the died in in, in yeah. battle, and he wants to give money to his uh, to the widow. So that's and, right, and that sort of thing. So, you know, by the end, you don't know who you want to win because you you sympathize, empathize yeah, with both ends, and behind both both brothers. So you don't know where it's going to go. And usually, those films, you kind of predict. You know, there's one mm. outright person that's going to win, but
1: you'd like to think that because they reconcile, maybe they split the prize money. Yeah, maybe maybe that's a little little you know. Think you're in They do them things,
0: you know, when it cuts to like f- photographs of the real people, and it's like they never yeah. spoke to each other again.
1: One of them <laughs> stole the money. Yeah, <laughs> bit of artistic license. Like let's yeah. let's change the ending. Let's, let's let's let them reconcile. It's like in real life, Steve killed. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> they never spoke yeah. to each other. After a complete
0: turnaround of the mood. <laughs> just right. like oh, he was a bastard oh. all along. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a fan of anime, manga, comic book art and everything in between? Or perhaps know somebody who is? Then make sure to check out the work from Instagram artist NoopsDS on teespring.com where you can purchase some incredible artwork on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, phone cases and much more. Personally, I've bought the t-shirt with the Spider-Man print in black which looks fantastic and is a perfect fit. Various different colours are available and shipping is worldwide. To find out more, head on over to teespring.com forward slash doors forward slash NoopsDS. That's N-O-O-P-S-D-S. And check out all the incredible work on Instagram at NoopsDS. Links are also available in the episode description. So yeah, that was my number three. What have you got as nice. yours?
1: Nice. So my number three is... Headhunters mm, Nice So uh, Headhunters Is uh, Morton Tildum Who directed uh, The Imitation Game which is Unbelievably brilliant as well uh, With Benedict Cumberbatch So this is a Norwegian film Starring Axel Axel Henny, Bear with me, sorry <laughs> Axel Henny <laughs> as Axel Foley, that's it. Yeah, he's Beverly Hills Cop. Who, uh, (laughs) but (laughs) he got he plays a guy called Roger, who ultimately he is uh, Norway's top headhunter. So companies will hire him when they're looking for somebody to fill a role. They will hire him to go out and basically find the best person for that role. Um, And he has all these high-end clients that ultimately, who you know, you know, um, the highest possible candidate in their industries, and. To keep his lavish lifestyle going that he, li- li- that he lives, he robs his clients of their valuables, mainly um, paintings, pieces of art. Um, and in doing so, he's got a partner that works on the inside of this high-end surveillance company that ultimately his contact on the inside basically shuts down the surveillance you know, of, the, of these people people's houses when, when, they, when they're out at uh, interviews that he's arranged and obviously other meetings as well he'll go into the house and steal their priceless pieces of art uh, he gets asked to find um, he gets hired by a, a tracking a, a tracking company basically uh, who are looking for somebody and he is introduced to Nikolai Costa Waldu, who as you may know him as Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones who is a he's like an ex special forces commander who was like world renowned expert in tracking people so ultimately he's like the man for the job um and roger steals a priceless piece of art from him and ultimately he you know uh, he he finds out that he's been you know that he's been robbed and basically goes on a never-ending chase to basically find roger and kill him and I remember, I can't remember why, what drew me to, drew me to the film. I remember, I think it was like Empire when I used to read Empire magazine. They absolutely like raved about this, and I think again, I think I'll be honest. This is when I was like peak Game of Thrones fanboy as well, and it was like, oh, Jamie yeah. Lannister's in a film, so I need to watch <laughs> this. And I just remember being like, okay, I'll give it a go, and just absolutely loving it because it's uh, it's not just the it's not just a thrill of the chase where you know this, like I said, this guy is an ex-commander. His he, his his world is tracking people that aren't supposed to be found, found, basically. And just the absolute lengths that Roger goes to 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 evade being captured is one of those films where, like, there's one extreme and you just like, oh my god, that's awful! Like, I can't believe he's mm-hmm. done that. But that's like level one. That's like yep. the first thing he tries, and it just gets progressively more extreme the lengths that he goes to 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 evade being captured by uh you know by this by this character and ultimately uh, you know it'd be given away too much to, to obviously say what he goes to but you know without, without the without understanding the context he cuts in he cuts his hair off in the middle of, of uh, i think it's down by down by a stream and by a forest with just like a blunt pair of scissors or something like that That's it. but you'll understand why also when you see the film but it's it's But that that isn't even the most extreme thing he does. That's that's a means to an end, basically. But it's just um, it's it's almost it's almost a little bit dark humorish because it is a case that what he does is so extreme that I don't know. Like I said, it's quite dark, but in a humorous way. Like you never like just astounding. Just you know, ultimately what he does to 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 uh, to get away in that. But um, but yeah, Mm. I just loved it because it was just you know, like I said, I thought it was just you know, kind of a. it was, it, you know, as advertised as a thriller, you know, and it certainly is. But it just ramps up so quickly, and just how much in that film, just you know, just the the thriller, you know, the element of it, and it's, you know, there's quite a few twists in it as well. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of tense pieces in it as well. When you think he's going to get captured, and it's just, you know, there's a quite a smart way that he manages to get out of the situation. And yeah, just absolutely loved it. It's, again, it's one, it's one of those films where I think. I think the best films are probably the ones that you go with low expectations and they smash out of the park. Because if yeah. you've got high expectations for a film and it makes it perfect, that's that's what I wanted, happy days. If you go in with a film thinking, okay, I'll give it a go and it just absolutely smashed out of the park and, you know, you just, yeah, this is one of those films just absolutely loved it to bits. Easily, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I've got this in my honourable mentions. And to be honest, I, I remember liking it, but I don't remember the plot like beat by beat. Um, So I'd love to go and and watch it again. Um, I remember as well, there was a buzz because this was maybe, I don't know if it's the first, but it was one of the earlier uh, Joe Nesbo books to be adapted to the the big screen. Um, And this was the one that everyone was talking about. In you Mm. you must watch it. I remember as well, like slightly more recently, uh, they adapted The Snowman, which I think is another Joe Nesbo film, which I absolutely hate it's such a such a disappointment and i think as well with like something like headhunters and again i knew again another reason why kind of the best films that you, you go in knowing very little about like that's why again i try not to watch the trailers because you know if someone's you know if i just kind of read a, a basic synopsis of the film this is intriguing enough to go and watch it yeah um, but yeah, I remember the performance has been great. And I remember it's just one of those ones. It's like, this is just getting worse and worse. The situations yeah, are getting more I, anxious. It's just yeah, like... Yeah.
1: And I think for me, the bit that I enjoyed, the fact that like it wasn't... It was very cat and mouse in the sense that it yes. wasn't like... It wasn't like, oh, you know, this guy's an ex-Special Forces, but he's trying to capture this really intelligent, smart guy who's... You know, is, is like, no, he's just a guy who... He's, he's quite clever in the sense he's worked out a way to rob people but that's about as far as his intelligence goes like in the sense of like evading capture he literally is out of his element and that's why mm. he, he goes to these such extremes because he he doesn't know actually the best way of evading capture is this thing he mm. doesn't actually know what the best way of doing it is so he just goes to these absolute extreme lengths of you know human conditioning in order to do it because he just doesn't know any other way and that's that's why i love the whole cat and mouse behind it because it's not like it's not equal equal parties of you know of expertise it's it's literally run for your life because there is the expert in this field after you
0: it's a weird it's a weird dynamic as well because if i remember it rightly he you know the main character is, is the mouse in this cat and mouse scenario but he's not a likable character as well because no, he's not. there's a point he's not. you know he's stealing from people and you're like well that's a bit well, of a dick move but he, so you're not fully behind him but you're he's the main character and you're like yeah. well you kind of want him to get caught but at the same time you kind of appreciate the lengths he's willing to go it's, to try and get out of the scenario yeah it's
1: it's it's a good point you made there because yeah he's he's a thief he's he's uh abusing his position knowing these people are you know not in the homes or you know these these well-off clients he's uh cheating on his wife uh you know he's, he has a mistress that ultimately he you know that's part of his lavish lifestyle that he he's kind of a sugar daddy for you know for, for another girl um so he's not you know he's not a likable person but it is it's it's a it's a funny dynamic as you said because ultimately quite rightly Nikolai Volda's character is trying to track him down because he's stolen property from him but actually yeah. he's the protagonist of this like, yeah it's not, like it's it's yeah it's I um, don't know
0: where you stand with him throughout the whole yeah. thing. that's all i remember it's like
1: I, do i want him to get away yeah i want him to get away because it's i want to i want to continue the chase but at the same time he yeah. does kind of deserve to be chased <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah
0: exactly no that's a, that's a really good choice and I, I i didn't put this in my top five purely because i don't Remember it as well, and I'm not sure how I stand. It might be one I have to go away and, and watch as part of our our next episode, mm. um, just to see if it still holds up as as I remember it. But um no, annoyingly great.
1: enough. Annoy, Annoying me enough. I lent it for, to one of my friends about about ten years ago. To be fair, because I bought it when it first came out on DVD, and I lent it to him, and he still got it. And it was one of those films that I can't for life of <laughs> me find online. On this any sound, this sounds this sounds well, like so. the
0: sequel to Headhunters. Head is to hunt, hunt, yeah, tra- hunt him I down, down for my the DVD. <laughs> yeah i
1: track i track my friend up to extreme lengths to get the dvd back
0: <laughs> yeah it needs to be done that's a worthy sequel um okay so that was your number three uh yeah track. so my number two um i kind of don't want to talk about it <laughs> because um
1: do do you think our number two and number one are
0: the same i think they are yeah
1: okay okay so
0: (laughs) is your second film um spanish
1: Yes.
0: yes okay so number two is the skin i oh this film oh yeah
1: so you go first let me yeah
0: so i i can't remember how this came about i don't know if you saw this
1: before me or don't give away too much about this i won't i'm not
0: going to give the spoiler
1: away don't worry this is one film that listeners if you have not seen <laughs> make time to watch because yeah, yeah just yeah sorry you, you can't, yeah
0: no it's fine that's fair play so yeah I don't, I don't know which way around this was i don't know if i saw this first or you saw this first but all i remember is back in the glory days of love film well, they used to post DVDs to your door. I asked for The Skin I Live In um, to be sent over. So I missed them days. They used to be great. You used to get it. You wasn't sure what you were going to get through the post. It was brilliant. Anyway, so I got The Skin I Live In. And again, I didn't really know much about it. I kind of knew there was a lot of buzz. Um, it's a, a Pedro Ormodova film, which I you haven't
1: you yeah. loved his uh you loved pain and glory didn't you
0: no i i didn't like <laughs> I was so pretentious i thought but i have seen a few of his films uh, talk to her i love i think it's brilliant um I'm, i've tried i think i don't know if i've seen much but i've, I've appreciated some of his work before a i've seen as well which is good um but i don't think he was after until i i realized you know he was also behind this but anyway I remember getting the DVD and I was staying uh, at the time I was living at my uh, now wife's uh, parents' house and I had the house to myself and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch The Skin I Live In because I know it was this sort of film. It's like, I, it's not a date film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I knew that much. watch of her parents either.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not a family-friendly film. So I was like, right, let's yeah. put this on. I've got two hours and I'll, I'll get through it. And I could honestly hand on heart say – I don't know if I don't know about you when you when I watch films alone I don't really speak or express verbally how I feel about the film but you this you was an lol no this is one of the few times I've actually said what the fuck out loud and was like jaw on the floor because and again I won't go into it but this has one of the best slash most messed up uh twists in a film i have ever seen to this day
1: this this is the greatest revenge film yes yes purely based on what the method of revenge is like it is it is the most sadistic most psychologically damaging piece of revenge that and genius as well at the same time yeah because if
0: I, i i again i've only seen it the once and i kind of the reason why For I think is because I I kind of want to keep it the memory of it as it is. I don't want to go back to it and go, oh, you know, I can you know see it in a different light or whatever. But I I just remember the impact of seeing it, like, what the fuck? Because I I'm trying to think back to it. I mean, it was fucking 10 years ago, but I'm pretty sure that you're not spoon-fed the twist either. No, you're not. You're kind of like going along with it, and then this penny just drops at this certain point, and you just like put two and two together, and it's like, holy shit.
1: yeah so to give a bit of context to those who haven't seen it so it's basically antonio banderas is is a world-renowned plastic surgeon who has come up with a synthetic skin that ultimately is burn resistant scar resistant all this you know wonderful things that basically people with deformities and burn victims it will be a replacement skin for them and ultimately you know protect them um he's been doing experiments on humans and he's kind of uh, he has this, he's quite secluded. He's got this huge house um, and he gets basically kind of not blacklisted by the industry, but they kind of say, you know, you've, you've, you've come up with this revolutionary idea, but you're doing it in horrible methods. So yeah. sorry. I, I think he loses like,
0: he loses financial backing, doesn't he? Yeah. Because of what he's doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately he, you know, resides to his, ha- his big house and he keeps a young girl prisoner in the house and you don't really know why whether or not she's part of the experiments there's, there's kind of um inklings that that might be the case but it's never really you know you don't in the early goings you don't really know why he's keeping this young girl prisoner um and only uh, only a few people in the house know about her being kept prisoner as well and there's kind of a non-linear story that it ends up going into where it actually goes back and forth as to and it explains a lot because it, there's a lot that happens in the in the start of a film that you are kind of like. Okay, I'm not really sure what's going on, but but the non-linear part of it explains pretty much everything and where you got to that point. And when the penny drops. So when you said about watching this, so I saw this at the cinema. So oh wow. Uh, so uh, funny enough, uh, it was part of a double feature that I went to go and see. So me and my friend Albano that used to go to the cinema together, we watched uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Jesus Christ. And then we went to go see this, and this this was on quite late. So this started about, I don't know, 10, half 10 at night? Yeah. We went to quite a late showing. And there's only about, I don't know, 20 or 30 people in the cinema, and this was one of those films, and I, I can't, I think the only other film I can think of where this happened was Bad Lieutenant with Nicolas Cage. And <laughs> when, when the penny drops and the twist lands, there was an audible amount of people, and I was one of them, so... Uh, so was Barno same thing we go what the fuck and people are looking at each other in the cinema like just it's gasping bad. like just like looking at each other like is this real is that actually what's happened and just like it's 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 what I love about cinema it is absolutely what I love about cinema where you share that experience Whereas you know whether it's you know I talked about Endgame where that you just got that that shared Emotional moment of like the coming together, all the characters that have been together for 11 years in this giant battle, or a film where the revenge twist finally drops and it's so surreal and so brutal that the whole cinema, everybody that's watching it, even if it's only 30 or 40 people, is just in the same breath of looking at each other like, holy yeah, yeah. shit, uh, like that is unbelievable. And it's, it is, it's, it really is one of those things where you just, it's, I think the thing that, like, gets me, got me about it was when, when Antonio Banderas' character explains what he's done, it's almost like, just another day for him, just another, just another, yeah, yeah like, oh, make sure, casual. Yeah, make sure you do this, make sure you do this, make um, sure you do this, and yeah, and good luck, and it's like, it's not even like, ha-ha, my diabolical scheme. Yeah. Like, ha-ha, I've done this, and I've done this, and ha-ha, I've done this. It's like, yeah, so uh, this has happened. Um, yep, yeah, and... Uh, it's like up.
0: he's it's had, he's, he's thought this through, and yeah. he's like, I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to say what this and, is, but, you know.
1: And it, and it goes in such, you know, because, again, I don't want to give too much away. People have to see this film. You kind of think you know where it's going because of what he's doing to the person he's trying to get revenge on. You kind of think, okay we know how he's going to get revenge and that and it's not and what he does is probably probably worse than what oh yeah it's it's you know it, yeah it's it's i,
0: I... Uh, my selling point would be for anyone listening who's debating to watch this is this is as good as a as a twist and a revenge story as old boy oh god yeah and um yeah i i would i would say that actually that, I, and also the twist twist, like level of something like Fight Club you know it's not a revenge film but like the, it, the, that synonymous like we, we talk about film t- uh, plot twists like Fight Club is up there right and I would, I would say it has that level of impact that you know especially this isn't as mainstream and popular as, as, as that film is but it's one I, of those I, ones where it's like you can't watch the film say, the same yeah, ever I, again now
1: I'm so glad that this is one of those films where the plot, oh, sorry, the the twist is not like a popular twist, or yes. it's not a, it's not like a, it's not like a throwaway comment anymore. It's not like a Sixth Sense ending, or you know, it's not like the usual suspects ending. It's it's relatively unknown, which is brilliant because you know when I've told people about this film, I, again, I've said it with such passion that you have to watch this. Please don't look into it, don't read up on it, don't look at what the ending is because it will make it yeah. that bitch. Yeah, you know, that bit more I
0: think as well the people who have seen this are the sort of people as well that are very precious of spoilers oh, so are very just, yeah good it, at keeping it, those
1: it, yeah me like I said me and uh, me and Barno were just like it's like shock and awe just like yeah
0: wow like it just I remember like wow. at home I was just sat like that made me sit up and was like like and then you know in your head you're like plotting it all together like so that means that and
1: and like, I had what? just and I had just seen Cowboys and Aliens as well, and I didn't think any film would ever top that. So you know, <laughs> I had a bonus of a night where I thought, look, I've just seen Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford in the Wild Wild West fight aliens. <laughs> I'm not going to see a better film tonight, let alone this year. And to go and see this, and it, you know, just pff, the rest
0: is history. About, you know? Yeah, talk what, about the what, other end what, of the spectrum.
1: What a, what a night! <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Jesus. So, yeah, yeah um, I, I kind of don't want to talk too much without. No, no. I think there's enough sold there for anyone listening go who hasn't seen it, it, to go and watch it.
1: Definitely. Go and watch Definitely.
0: it. Definitely go and watch it. Right. So, that brings us on to our, I am assuming, shared number one, oh. which I'll let you take this one then. You start okay. with this one. Okay.
1: So, if you look up cool as fuck in the dictionary, <laughs> the definition will be. The movie Drive,
0: hundred percent.
1: This film again, again, it was a film that I had very little uh, knowledge of, and very word of mouth, and I didn't see it in the cinema. And I'm gutted; I've never seen it. I cinema. will always hold this, you to that. My only, my only hope is that because it's the tenth anniversary this year, I hope that they bring it out in the cinema as a tenth anniversary thing. And now that cinemas are reopening soon. I pray that this is one film that they do a t- 10th anniversary of because they did it with Inception last year. Um, they did it with quite a few films last year, 10th anniversary. So I hope this is up there with 10th anniversaries. But like it was, you know, like I said, relatively unknown film. Um, I watched it once it came out on DVD. And I think actually it was, I think it was you that, again, lent, that lent it to me because you were just like, you have to watch it. And um, i remember seeing trailers for it. And just, I thought the same kind of thing what you said about Warrior, where it was going to be like, it's just a car chase film. It's like, you know, it's just another action car chase. You know, I'm not really interested in that in the slightest. And it's like, it's not, it's it's part of a massive overarching story. So Ryan Gosling is a Hollywood Hollywood stunt driver who ultimately has a side hustle as a getaway driver for anybody who's willing to, you know, to pay him that ultimately needs a quick getaway. He is the man, he is the ultimate dro- getaway driver that you'll need. Um, and he ultimately... Uh, he gets, he, he forms a relationship with a, a woman in his building, her and her young son, whose husband is in prison at the at the moment. And ultimately, not to you know, not to spoil too much of it, but he gets enthralled in a robbery that goes wrong, that basically puts her in danger, his friends in danger, and he goes from this very quiet, calm, cool, collected character at, to actually being pushed to the limit of you know having to kind of go outside his comfort zone. And just, yeah, get, it's kind of a bit of, bit of revenge as well in, in certain, certain a- aspects as well. Um, but just try and clear his name and ultimately those who, who mean the most to him. But it just, it's, like I said, it was one of those films, again, didn't know much about it, a lot of buzz behind it. And this film, for me, this could have been a silent film because the soundtrack alone complements this film mm. so much and sets up the scene so well it, like you know the, the music being used fits so well with this the, the scene that it's it's obviously matched with you don't you know it's not a film that's got masses and masses of dialogue and i no, think me and no. you know we're not gonna we're not gonna name names That somebody that we work with had rented this film and said they don't say much in this film it's, <laughs> not, very, it's not very good he doesn't say much it's like it's not your film. it? It's not yeah, your film. But just, but it's just, just, put
0: it away. Don't watch it again.
1: Just yeah, go. Just, yeah, don't don't watch this again, please. But yeah, it just it's not a film where dialogue is you know far you know or you know it's not.
0: It's not paramount. It's, it's what no, they it's don't not. say is yeah. what's bigger.
1: And, that, and okay, that is a perfect perfect description. You think of, uh, again without, if people haven't seen this, you won't get the context of this. But the bit in the the bit in the lift. <laughs> Where him and the girl, they don't say anything, they don't say a word. There's just music. The moment goes slow, and then obviously all all hell breaks loose. And again, there's no words, nothing said. And a lot of that, there's there's times when there's there's, there's action happening. There's something thrilling happen. There's something going on, but nothing's being said. There's no like nobody's spoon feeding you dialogue to explain you the situation, the 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 scene and the setting and the the, the, you know the soundtrack behind it just sets the tone of the film so much and yeah I absolutely adore this film and it's one of the it's it's one of the films that I struggle not to probably probably my favorite like probably my number one film or joint fit number one film I just absolutely yeah love it to bits and Ryan Gosling in this is just such a such a powerhouse of a character in this it's just brilliant yeah it's
0: it's in my top 10 films of all time, I would say. Oh, yeah. I've watched okay. this so much. So I mentioned earlier yeah. that um, I remember, I think we was in London. And, you know, on the tubes, you've got those big posters, uh, yeah. movie posters as you're going through uh, the underground. And I remember one literally, this, is, this sounds like it's from a film, but one wall was Warrior and the other wall was Drive. And I remember saying I turned to my wife, I, like, oh, I really want to see Warrior. She's like, no, but I, I really want to see Drive. So
1: <laughs> he will
0: never let that down, that she was the reason I, that we saw Drive. So I saw yep. it with my wife, and we just both came out absolutely stunned, fell in love with it, drove home. This is the days of iTunes. I bought um, Real Hero, by straight yep. away. Yep. Yep. And then I, I think I what drove you- uh, home afterwards. I was like, I'm playing this the whole way home. And the soundtrack is obviously, like you said, poss- probably the best bit about it, actually. It got me into synthwave music, like yeah. I knew, you know, that kind of modern '80s synth vibe um, that I just absolutely love.
1: Kavinsky loved. and Desire and College and yeah, yeah, all just, of that yeah. stuff,
0: Chromatics. Like, it's such a good soundtrack. And then on top of that, you've got a great cast. Not only have you got Ryan Gosling, which I think at the time was up and coming. I think he'd done stuff like Blue Valentine. Um, maybe oh, is it and Lars the, real, and the girl. real girl? Yeah, he's nowhere near as he was as popular as, as famous as he is now, so that won me over. I can see why, also, my wife wanted to see it because she loves Ryan Gosling. Um, but also, you know, you've got Oscar Isaacs in there, you know, he's now, you know, stupidly famous on the back of like Star, Star Wars. And, uh, yeah, you got Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad, uh, you know, he's in the middle of Breaking Bad, I think, when this was, being yeah, filmed. you got Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, Carrie Mulligan, Albert, Albert, Brooks, Albert Brooks, Christina Hendricks from uh, Mad Men. Yeah, it's a yeah. great, great cast members that okay, I guess kind of get forgot, not forgotten, but put to the side when you know no, obviously Ryan Gosling's the centrepiece here. So,
1: and it's it's a good. I love the fact that it's not lean. It doesn't lean on that as well. Like again, mm. I remember watching this film and being like, oh, Brian Cranston's in it. Oh, Ron Perlman's in it. Oh my God, this person. And it's one of those films where again, it wasn't like. Star-studded cast. That's why no. you have to watch it. It was just this is. I mean, on you know, going back, I remember the trailers. The trailers were so simplistic. It just, you know, it did it. A, it did it a credit when you you watch the film because it's not a film that kind of flashes in your face that oh, there's a big cast and this big. You know, big no. big screen film. Um, even just
0: the poster. Like most of the posters were just Brian Gosling, right? Rather than with, every yeah. single cast member saying, "Look who's yeah. in it." Considering Brian Cranston was very famous with Breaking yeah, yeah, Bad. Yeah, yeah. At, the, at that time and that,
1: was, and that was the height and you're right that was the height of you know that was what coming into like the last last couple of seasons and stuff and that was like yeah. the peak of breaking bad fandom and that but um it just makes me laugh like albert brooks because it, it was <laughs> when you've got uh nemo's dad saying shut the fuck <laughs> up you fucking moron like it's just it's a bit surreal it's like oh hang on it's also weird
0: because I my, another film that's in my top ten is Taxi Driver, and he's in Taxi Driver as yeah. kind of the Weasley guy that's trying to stop Travis Bickle get with yeah. Simple Shepherd. So I always that that's such a jarring thing for me to see him in this yeah. where he's this like really aggressive, kind of mob boss kind of guy. Yeah, um,
1: it's, it's got it's got everything. It's got action. It's got romance. It's got car chases. It's got it's got very very bloody violence. Oh my god! Um, yeah. It's it's like a it's like a it's almost like a, uh, like a neo, like a noir B movie, like a it's yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. It's it's
0: just then it's it's, very yeah. and a very stylistic one, like there's a yeah. lot of neon. There's a lot of like synth- There's a lot of eighties kind of stuff meshed in there yeah. as well. It's just got such got the, great style. Like and also yeah, I eight, think when I loved at the start is you know you have to drive like. The title sequence kind of come on screen. It just reminded me like Vice City, GTA yeah, Vice old, City, that sort fa- of vibe.
1: The old, fa- the old fashioned like um, fluorescent pink handwriting. Text. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's it. And it's and it's the big sweeping shots of LA as well at night that just you know just make it that bit cooler and that. But it's just yeah, it's just it's um like it's just one of the, again. It's one of those films that it you know low you know low expectations and just absolutely loved it that i remember watching it with my dad funny enough you know when we when you gave us a dvd i watched it with my dad and it's one of those classic moments where uh you know you've got a film that has car chases you've got violence you've got (laughs) um you know just nice nice moments between him and carrie and you've got different you know you've got all different moments in that film the one moment my mum decided to walk in the room was the bit when he's hammering a guy with uh, the topless strippers in the changing room, oh. where they all just sat there with their tits out. And she walked, she walked to the room, saw what we were watching. She was like, "You two, do watch some weird things." <laughs> <It's> like... Boys, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right, yeah, it's just it's just boobs with you, boobs and hammers. But, but yeah, but, <laughs> but but yeah, but classic mum moment to walk in and be like, oh, I yeah. Watching. But, um, "Yeah, but yeah, it's, and he's
0: it's just... so good this film. I, I've I've watched it." quite a lot and obviously we have to kind of talk about the
1: oh, the, the soundtrack Lowe.
0: remixing that zane idiot. Lowe did idiot um, I, yeah. I
1: switched it off switched it off first scene where they replaced night call like now nah, sorry you're yeah done. Uh,
0: yeah i did the same i couldn't Grab see through it. it's like you're your done. favorite film just and someone else is playing but, pressing play on their ipod in the background yeah,
1: the thing that annoyed me about that i remember because he was on bbc free wasn't it he did it uh, and it yeah. was like uh, he introduced it he was saying you know this 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 film is iconic already it's only a couple of years old but it's already got a mass fandom behind it and a big following and it's got possibly the greatest soundtrack ever and it's like cool so you know it's got the possible greatest soundtrack ever you've established that this soundtrack is perfect why do you feel that you need to change it like it's it's not like oh this was an okay soundtrack or it was a brilliant film but the soundtrack was crap so let's give it another go yeah. like, no this is already perfect let me see if I can top it.
0: Let me No's go out my way No's to piss name. off piss off fans yeah. <laughs> of, a, of a cult <laughs> just, classic.
1: Just just BBC Three's ratings just plummeting in, a, in just, the first yeah, five, six minutes and that. It but... wasn't
0: needed. Uh, the, the original was fine as it yeah. is. Um, but yeah, brilliant. We, uh, we, has...
1: know, we, we know you like Star Wars and we know you like the iconic character Darth Vader, but how about if he was voiced by Joe Pasquale? Like, <laughs> Well, no, no, no,
0: all characters in Star Wars. No, just leave it. It's perfect. It's
1: fine as it is. Like, don't tamper with something, you know, but.
0: A a quick question. Like, this kind of pushed me on to, I can never pronounce it. Nicholas went winding Refn. Yeah. His bad catalogue. So I know before this, I'd seen Bronson, but I wasn't aware of him as a director. Yeah. What did you think? Because I remember the the big kind of hype was obviously Only God Forgives that came out, what, a couple, two years after, (laughs) I think. Um, And I remember me and my wife, you know, because we love Drive, we're like, let's go see the next Ryan Gosling film with the same director. And, yeah, it's not quite the same. It still has kind of a good soundtrack. It had um... a
1: very good soundtrack. Yeah, and I think it was a weird film. (laughs) i think
0: i think if the pace of drive is a turtle then i mean only god forgives is just a snail
1: the snail yeah yeah so slow the the snail riding on the back of the turtle (laughs) but yeah because it was it was a weird film because it had the same kind of the same kind of feel to it and that again that kind of uh noir kind of um stylistic film because it's set in thailand isn't it
0: Yes, I remember they do a lot of Thai boxing, do not they? Yeah, so.
1: and like he he plays a guy whose brother kills a young girl uh, at brothel, doesn't it? And he's basically yeah. the, the local gang trying to get revenge on him. But I remember being um, oh, that cop. Yeah, the, like the, the psycho cop. He is brilliant, and he you is, know he br- loves he is really he, good. He, he, he loves torturing people during karaoke, which is his like thing, which is you know pretty you know uh, quite a psychotic characteristic. But yeah, I remember being like, this isn't drive. No. Yeah. Uh, I know. This 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 is this is cool. This is different. It's very it was weird. There's a couple of bits when it was uncomfortably weird as well. Mm-hmm. Like his relationship yeah, with
0: his mum as well is yeah, really you, strange. You,
1: you can see what I'm doing, but oh yeah. yeah. Can't, but yeah, <laughs> it's just like this is I don't get it. I don't know. Like is this one of these weird things that's like I, I, it
0: was it was get, it was like, too art house wasn't
1: it it was yeah, too yeah. art house but um but yeah it's a bit of a let down again i think it was one of those things where the same as what we do with let's you know we'll hold our hands up we've done it with crystal nolan films we watch we watch inception you watch the dark knight you watch uh interstellar <laughs> and then you go oh tenor here we go tenor Well, wow, that was something that was definitely a film yeah that was yeah. that was a film and it's, I, it's I,
0: I still hold out for the sequel for Drive because there is a second book called Driven, (laughs) which I would love to see. But I think as time's gone on, I don't think we're going to get that now. Yeah, I'm accepting that.
1: I tried. I I think I told you this story. I tried to read the book of Drive, so so it's based on a book, Mm. and but the the book is very, very non-linear, as in it starts uh, starts very much towards the middle of the film. And goes back and forth a lot, and it's you can see why they struggled to kind of adapt it into a screen screenplay because it was like w- watching the film so many times and then reading the book, you can picture the scene in your head and you're like, oh, we're at that point of the film. Oh, okay, fair, yeah, yeah. like that's that's really at the end, but I'm like four chapters in. It's just yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit, fr- it throws you off a bit. So it's um, yeah, I, I didn't read the whole thing. I'll be honest, I <laughs> I just put the film on again. Yeah, it's for the, the film on yeah but it's there's, no, it's there's no soundtrack in books no but it's it's like i said i think you could i, could, I genuinely think and i, I don't know if it, you know it might sound stupid but i genuinely think you could have this film with no dialogue and just enjoy the soundtrack the scenery the sets you know the setting and know what was going on based on yeah i think it's just, a good
0: point there's enough going on that isn't that doesn't require speech for yeah. it to hold its own so yeah i think that's that'll be interesting that would be that someone does that potentially. Yeah, but, give
1: um, that a go, saying low Go on.
0: Yeah, just turn yeah. it down. <laughs> on,
1: <Zane>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just have no music. It yeah. Happens. You know, but
0: there you go. Right. So, great number one because we both have the same, which is oh. good. So I'm going to throw it to you for your five honourable mentions.
1: Okay. So. Actually, uh,
0: let's sorry. Let's quickly run down our list of okay, top yeah, yeah, five. Yeah, so yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll do mine quickly. So number five, I've got Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Number four, I've got The Raid. Number three, Warrior. Number two, The Skin I Live In. And number one, Drive. And you?
1: Uh, My number five was uh, The Artist. My number four was The Raid. My number three was Headhunters. Number two, Skin I Live In. And number one also was Drive.
0: Nice. Okay, so yeah. So over to you for your five honorable mentions.
1: Okay, so my first one is uh, Crazy Stupid Love. (laughs) Now... I watched this on a uh, on a date and i kind of thought you know okay this is this is what it is and that and to be fair it had ryan goslin in it so i was <laughs> like okay okay well and but this is ah, so i saw this before i saw drive so i i kind of had right. ryan goslin in the mind of like pretty boy love you know heartthrob who you know so i kind of okay fair enough and that's i think that's what kind of factored in when i was watching drive for the first time as well i was like that's oh, Ryan Gosling, this chiseled fucking god of a man. You know, you know, he's just <laughs> going to be this lovable pro- protagonist. But, um, but yeah. So, but, um, but yeah. I absolutely love Steve Carell. You know, absolutely adore him in The Office. And this is just—it's uh, quite a—you know—it starts off quite a sad story, and it's ultimately it deals with a lot of different factors of love. It's got Steve Carell is in a marriage that's going through a divorce. Um, his daughter is finding new love uh, with um, Ryan Gosling. Uh, there's the whole thing of casual love around, you know, uh, Steve Carell's character goes back onto the dating scene, you know, he's, he's, he's got wife and kids, he's, he's not been on, you know, dated anybody in you know, decade, you know, almost a decade or whatever it is um, and it's just, you know, it's one of those films that it's got all different int- uh, you know, different stories all happening at the same time and they ultimately do entwine and it's it was just, it was one of those films again, it was just you know, I didn't know what to expect and it was actually a very very, very funny film and, you know a, a solid cast as well um, so you've got Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, Julianne Moore. And yeah, just yeah, just a nice, nice, you know, kind of yep. rom com. Good shout. Yeah, it go yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um next one was X-Men First Class. Now, I, I love my Marvel films, I love my comic book films, people know that. But I always I've always found the X-Men films to be very hit and miss. They're just one thing that I've just I don't know. I've never really been uh, never really think ever really stuck in and i think it's always been a bit hit and miss i've had some absolute brilliant ones with things like logan um and days of future past which was the sequel to this but x-men first class similar to similar to rise of the planet of the apes in the sense that they went back and did a whole prequel and you know let's explore where the characters came from which is you know taking it in a whole different direction and it's absolutely brilliant you've got michael fassbender you've got james mcavoy um Oh, God, I can't remember her name now. That's going to annoy me now. Uh... Jennifer
0: Lawrence.
1: Yes, it's Jennifer Lawrence. But yeah, uh, absolutely brilliant kind of, as I said, you know, it's, it's rare that you have a prequel that of an already established franchise that works, but this does, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it for what it was. Um, if you've ever wondered, so if you liked X-Men First Class and you wonder, I wonder what Magneto's cock looks like, and I wonder what Magneto taking <laughs> a piss looks like, you should watch Steve McQueen's Shame.
0: So I haven't uh, so seen Shame.
1: Shame, that is your, that's your recommendation. You're going to watch what, Shame. To go
0: and watch Fastbender's penis.
1: Yes, just watch that. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's the first scene of the film. You go to a piss and you see the, the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, Steve McQueen's Shame. Shame it's uh, Michael Fassbender plays a sex addict living in New York. He works for this marketing company. And he just basically, he's you know, he's not got a very ideal um, family life. He's got a very weird um, relationship with his sister and the people around him, and he just kind of goes in these downward spirals of, as I said, sex addiction and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, it is a bit of an art-y fit, art fit art, art house feel, but thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, you know, Steamer Queen is known for making great films, and this was one of them. Absolutely. Love this a bit, so definitely, nice. uh, definitely go watch this. Um, my uh fourth one is uh The In Betweeners movie. Not gonna <laughs> lie, this is again, I think it's very rare that when a TV series that's so brilliant decides to do a film, if it really does pay off. Um, I think one of the other rare examples of this was Alpha Papa, the Alan Partridge film that was just yes. you know brilliant, brilliant to the big screen. The In Betweeners, I think that has a you know a soft spot for us all because it was so relatable us being in like that british you know sick form world and you know it just stuck with us and gone these in last shit, stuff like and stuff yeah as well, absolutely yeah. so it just it just had such a soft spot when they brought it on the big screen and it just worked so well and it was just such a you know it wasn't like just trying to have a you know milk an ongoing thing it just worked so well so that's um that's my number four and my last one which actually not- not, I'm not saying this should be your recommendation, but I, I I would like you to watch at some point, The Guard.
0: I've seen The Guard. It's great.
1: Now, uh, I don't know if you know this film. It's I've oh, that. Oh, okay, there you go. So yeah, so uh, it's um, Brendan Gleeson. He is an Irish police officer who gets teamed up with Don Cheadle um, in a small Irish town to ult- ultimately find drug smugglers, and it's. It's the same guy who did uh, Cavalry, uh, which, which I think I've seen, but I can't remember if I've seen or not, which is also uh, Brennan Gleeson, just, you know, great, very, very dark humour. Um, but, yeah, just very, yeah, just a great film. And, again, a, a little little sort of, you know, give it a shot kind of um, recommendation on Empire Magazine at the time. When I watched it, absolutely loved it. So, yeah, that, that, nice. those are my those are my honourable mentions.
0: That's a good bunch, actually. I've, uh, it's quite good because I kind of got a mixed. We said this at the start. This, this was kind of a, there's a lot of good here for 2011, isn't there? Um, oh yeah. So I've got um, a slightly different list to yours, but there are some I've had to chop and change uh, as you've mentioned them. So I did have Headhunters in mine as well, um, which is brilliant. Um, so my first one, uh, which I don't know if you have seen is 50 50 with joseph gordon levitt and seth rogan yes um,
1: that was good yes, yes yes so
0: yeah it's inspired by a true story it's a yep. it's, weirdly it's a well it's a comedy centered around a 27 year old guy who learns he has cancer and how he deals and beats the disease uh, but it's a perfect balance of comedy and tragedy or at least you know a, the it's, it's weird to say it's a comedy ba- around cancer and it and it is but it's done sensitive, sensitively enough that it's not upsetting. It's a good yeah, balance, I think.
1: It's not, it's not mocked or kind of.
0: No. It's
1: it's not um, diluted at all.
0: No, and it's you know you know the sort of humor that Seth Rogen and, um, has, and it's there, but it's it, I say it's slightly watered down from stuff like Knocked Up, but it's very much Seth Rogen is playing Seth Rogen, but yeah, it's it, it gets lost under the radar of those films like Super Bad and. Bit, I think probably because there is a more serious tone to it, but it is still funny and it is still emotional in parts as well. But I, I love 5050. I think it's a brilliant film. Mm. Um, I'm going to get my one horror film out of the way, which I think is really underrated. It's called Your Next. Oh, um, uh, okay. This is brilliant. Um, it also has a, a good, not a good soundtrack, but there's a great song at the start, which is a really good uh, intro to the film um it basically it's a family owns a big mansion they all go there for i think it's a wedding anniversary and they slowly start and get killed off it's one of those films but it's just some of the, the i guess the the reveal as to why it's happening is kind of i guess one of the bits that stood out for me um and just some of the deaths as well are pretty grim so um I've already said on this podcast many times I'm a massive horror fan, and this is one that stood out as one of my favourites anyway. Um, the next one I've got, which was the bleak one I nearly put as my number five, is Tyrannosaur by uh, Paddy Considine, uh, which stars uh, Peter Mullan and Olivia Coleman. Mm. Um, this is a tough one. It's a British film. And I think British films, the reason I say that is I think British films have a sense of bleakness to them. They kind of seem to go hand in hand when people think of British cinema. Um, so it kind of follows Joseph. Well, it follows, it follows Joseph. He's just he's meant he has this kind of self-destruction about him. Um, and like there's all this pent up rage inside of him, but bumps into Hannah, who's played by Livia Common, who's this kind of well-to-do uh, charity shop owner and they kind of had strike this weird relationship you know one's full of rage and you're trying to as you're going through the film you're unpeeling why he's got this rage and uh, you've also got this like sweet innocent olivia coleman's character and how they strike up a relationship is quite sweet and um how where that film goes i guess there is a lot of bleakness to it but it's it's, it's a I, it's a weird one trying to recommend. Like I struggle with this with Shinda's List. It's not quite that level, but it is quite some harrowing stuff in there. But I think the relationship between Olivia Common, and Peter Mullen in the, their polar opposites in character is really interesting. Great dynamic. Olivia Colman is brilliant in this as well. and You can see why she goes on to win Oscars uh, for The Favourite a few years' time. Um, but yeah really underrated I think as well by this point I'd only ever seen her in peep show so to see her in something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> else a bit more serious was uh was she a was, nice change
1: she was brilliant broad church as well I think oh, and broad church
0: yeah. yeah definitely um one more I've got is mission impossible ghost protocol which nice. I've, I've put in here because this was the, the turning point for the franchise wasn't it mission impossible 2 wasn't great mission impossible 3 was Okay, but certainly not memorable. But mission possible four is when the franchise really started to pick up and start that that trough of where it goes from one, two, three just starts going up. And for me, like ending with the latest one, Fallout, which I think is possibly the best one. Um, they start to put a lot of money into it. Tom Cruise is obviously dedicated to the character and he's doing a lot of his stunts. You get a lot more. You got Jeremy Renner in this one as well. It's you know it's a long film. I think it's like over two hours.
1: Yeah.
0: But this it never these for me anyway. The franchise uh, lately, these films, although they're long, they never feel boring. There's never there's the right amount of pacing that you just along with the journey. You know, it's not too much. It's not too slow. And this is the start, the turning point for the franchise to become as as big as it is now. Mm. Um, and I would certainly look forward to. To the next one, or that's going to happen. So, um, Which
1: so yeah, might be filmed in Milton Keynes.
0: Is it really? I
1: didn't know that. Yeah, and there's uh, there was something the other day. There's uh, Tom Cruise's production company have been inquiring about a quarry in milton keynes oh interesting uh, yes there's there's rumors that there might be a there might be some of it being filmed in milton keynes so if you're listening get your binoculars out and go for a tom yeah, cruise if, hunt. You just, if you start if you start seeing a scientologist wander around central milton keynes <laughs> asking to give you a personality test it's because tom cruise is in town <laughs>
0: nice one so yeah that that was my five um nice. i think one of them was actually yours as well but yeah that was my list so
1: so okay here we go so rec- so what are our recommendations for next time then
0: so i think you've Inadvertently gave me shame because you want me to see yeah. Fastbender's penis. Yeah.
1: Um, what, watch it on a big
0: screen as well. Really get, really get the. No, really I'm get actually going to watch girl. it on my mobile phone, but really close <laughs> to my face. <laughs>
1: make sure make sure uh april walks in at a really awkward moment as well it's like is that Michael? Yeah. No, just, I'm, yeah I'm that just what about. i'm gonna
0: do to add to the suspense so i'm purposely gonna pause it on that bit and just wait until <laughs> she does come in
1: watch it in slow motion
0: <laughs> <laughs> and reverse <Yeah. laughs> um, so i guess that's my one in the sense that i haven't seen it and i think i've seen most of the ones you've yeah. said um i don't know what so I'd probably out the honourable mentions I've just given have you seen you've seen 50-50 then, have you yeah I have the only
1: film that you've mentioned that I haven't seen is Tyrannosaur which is another bleak recommendation so. <laughs> well again because you watch all the nice haf- happy fluffy uh, stuff I watch, and I watch I the watch,
0: terrible stuff so I, watch ble- to... I, wa-
1: I watch bleak stuff as well but uh, you know but um, uh, I'll watch I'll watch Tyrannosaur it's, don't, look, it's bleak
0: but from what I remember you know it, it has it's I lo- pretty I love balanced I <laughs>
1: I love Paddy Constantine though, just because, just solely, and I I can't wait until we do 2004 to discuss Dead Man's Shoes yeah. because I love him in that film. Just it's the best um, the best use of the C bomb ever. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's our films then. So I'm going to go watch Shame, and you're going to watch Tyrannosaur. Um, so that's going to be, be a bleak intro next yep. week. Can't wait yep. for it. Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> random random uh, year. Generator. Ah, yes. Yes, Best yes, bit. yes. Right. Okay. So the next year we're going to do is 1997. Now, nothing is screaming at me, but I'm keen to go away and have a look mm, as to what there think. is yeah so this is the best bit for me because you usually watch at me after 10 minutes and go oh fuck that film's yeah. this year so um
1: i think there's i think it. i think there's a film that came out in 97 that i thought came out in 99 Ooh. and if it is that then yeah then i, then I yeah.
0: yeah yeah let's let's go yeah, away yeah, and yeah. get get our lists together and um so yeah we'll we'll talk next time for I'll I'll WhatsApp
1: like, I'll WhatsApp you in 10 minutes mate don't worry like... looking
0: forward, looking oh, forward to it already <laughs> cool right I'll speak to you thanks again for today and I'll uh, speak to you for the 1997
1: looking forward to it cheers buddy cheers bye